0: Ladies and gentlemen, before we get started on this episode, it's important to remember that we need to be empathetic and understanding of every single guest that I have on this show, so that way they understand that they can share this stuff without having any backlash coming from the community. I think it takes a lot of bravery for someone to come on this show and be able to tell about heart-wrenching things that occur. So please be understanding, empathetic, and supportive to my guests. If you enjoyed this content, it would really help me out if you did three things. You followed me on Twitter, you subscribed to me on YouTube, and you share out this video to any of your friends who might also enjoy this content. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to deep dives into the minds of eSports. My name is Blake Panischewitz and with me today I have someone who is a panda enthusiast, but he can really only be described as the moneyball numbers genius of overwatch He is one of the creators for Winston's lab and now the analyst of the Toronto Defiant Please let me welcome Dennis Matz, maybe better known as Baroy. Welcome
1: Hello, hello. Did you see my panda? It's amazing, right?
0: It, it is, and that's actually, we're going to get into that first, because first of all, I have a story that I can talk about <laughs> with animals and you that the world really needs to hear about, because I think it's one of the funniest okay. things ever, but we're, we're going to start it off easy. You have an affinity for two creatures in this world, and they are not human beings at all.
1: <laughs> no, um, obviously not. No.
0: Um, so it's pandas and penguins.
1: Yeah. Why? Obviously. Well... They are cute, <laughs> I don't know. They are both they are both uh, of a similar color scheme. Mm-hmm. I like pandas. Like, did you see? I mean, just look at panda videos. Seriously, just, just watch panda videos. There's nothing you will hate about panda videos. They're just like rolling around, eating bamboo, like running after the fucking warden. I don't know. They're amazing. And penguins, penguins are just amazing. They're just cute. Fucking birds that can't fly, apparently.
0: <laughs> so, you you mentioned birds not being able to fly, and this is a story that the world needs to hear about. So, me and Roy we talk oh quite frequently, um, and one of these times uh, we were we were me and some other people uh, were talking, and Roy brought up penguins, and I think it was Sideshow who who linked yes, a so video. Yes, side Sideshow right this video it's a fake video um uh, that's very well done about penguins taking off and flying and when <laughs> broi watched this i kid you not he thought penguins could fly which I mean, we need to talk about your oh. biology classes growing up
1: but- <laughs> well see okay so so let's get this straight i always knew penguins couldn't fly right but then there's this fucking bbc documentary or something right and And those penguins, dude, they are, they are taking off. They are taking off. They are like, take, they are running and then they're starting to fly. And I'm like, what the fuck That's so amazing, dude. I was so happy for the penguins because no one would believe in them, but they would just fly, dude. I, I was, I was literally the happiest person on earth for like five minutes. So he Until he's like
0: I know. So he be- he he believes it's like there's this moment of hope. It's like it's like a child realizing that Santa Claus brought presents to them for the first time, right? And they're like, "Oh my god, he really is real." And so he really believed it, and I felt bad because broy is how old are you broy? You're you're what? 20, I'm 25.
1: 25? So 25.
0: So Broy's 25, and I'm like, "Oh my god, can you imagine a 25-year-old believing in Santa Claus?" Like, I feel bad for this. And so I I very nicely was like, Hey Roy, I sent him a message private. I was like, "You, you know that this is a fake video." And so, what does he do? What he do you mean nicely. He copies the the message and he literally sends it to everybody. Like, what the heck? Blake is saying that this isn't real, and I'm like, "Wow, you just you just throw me out." To-. But I ruined Christmas for him. In that Did, moment, when, someone felt so much pain
1: when you sent that message to me. I was still not sure if that if if you're like. If you're serious, because I was so happy, I was like totally like, I was totally convinced that those penguins could fly. They were flying to the jungle because it's too warm. I I mean I don't get that, right? Why wouldn't they? Why would they so fly, fly to the them,
0: so told him. <laughs> that penguins fly all the way to Africa. <laughs> yeah,
1: but but seriously, dude, this this message was not nice at all. It was just blunt. Hey, you know, penguins can't fly. And I'm like, wait, nah, nah, wait, what? (laughs) Because, dude, I was, I, (laughs) literal, I was so fucking happy. You can't believe how happy I was. I was so happy that those penguins flew. It's not after Be- that you get to I Christmas the video for the again <laughs> <laughs> I watched the video again and oh. again and I was like I was so I was like grinning I was smiling I I I was the happiest person on earth I never felt that happy in my life and like not even 5 minutes later you messaged me and say it's fake Come on <laughs>
0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you should not send sensitive messages through text message to any significant <laughs> others Or people that are inside of your life because it does not come across in a nice way oh. and
1: Afterwards you tell me oh, yeah. afterwards you tell me you enjoyed it. I mean I did
0: kind of enjoy it a little bit <laughs> Okay, so I enjoyed it because I don't like the idea of lying to someone, and so it was like this this true okay, revolution okay. where you could break through and see the truth in life. It would be like if you could prove like some extreme philosophy isn't real, uh, and then they're they're open to the world of truth that is before them. Whether or not it was better than not. it's like seeing it's like being in the Matrix and being ripped out. I got to rip you out of the Matrix. Okay, you're like Neo, and I'm Morpheus. I had
1: no choice though. I, I had no choice. That,
0: I forced that build out. Your throat. What the fuck? It was great, and now you get to see the world for its cruel heartedness that it is. Oh, so yeah. we have a we have a we have a lot of fun things to talk about. I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I kind of have a list here of things that I want to go through. So obviously, the premise of the show is to kind of get to know you as a person, um, which I find uh, very exciting because there's not a lot out there about you, and you have been someone who has actually been around in the background for quite a while now. You haven't just... Yeah, yeah. You didn't just You didn't just pop out of nowhere. Um, you have been in the background working with uh, different teams or on Winston's lab, obviously, for a while. So we're going to jump way, way, way before that. Um, so you grew up in Germany, right?
1: That's correct.
0: Okay, where did Germany. you grow up in Germany?
1: Uh, I grew up in so, the so, poorest so, region of Germany. So, uh, Actually, okay. that's like so, the... Italy. Italy. Yeah, I don't know, it's just known for, for, um, I think it's like the most populated region in Europe, actually, it's called, uh, I don't think there's an English word for it, but it's called the Ruhrgebiet, where... Don't,
0: you, push it up, bro.
1: Maybe. Here we go, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, sorry, I think my headset died. Um... So I grew up in this like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um Ruhrgebiet, which is the most populated area in Germany. It translates to like Ruhr area, mm-hmm. where Ruhr is just a river. And around that river, there's like tons of people. So, oh. so we have like, it's literally, yeah, it's like literally the most populated area. It's like Los Angeles. Okay. But way small is the size of Los Angeles in population, but like contracted to I don't know, a couple of square miles. Um, And yeah, that's where I grew up. So so
0: what's the the environment? You mentioned that it was a a poor area. Um, And I know that in the United States, some of the poor areas, you see an increase of crime rates and stuff like that. Um, What type of (laughs) area... Was that there? Was there lots of crime? Was there uh, lots of drug problems? Was it one of those areas, or was it just? Um, well,
1: just- yeah, the the whole area is basically known for um, for mining coal, mm-hmm. so that's why it's like so populated because a lot a lot of immigrants came uh, to mine coal there. And when I was born, the coal industry was basically dead, so um, there's a lot of uh, unemployment there. In the the city I grew up in was once known as uh, the city that that mines the most coal in Europe and was known for being the most criminal city when I grew up in, <laughs> in it. So um, that's fun. But yeah, it's like mostly known, I think in Germany at least, it's mostly known for, for being like the football mecca and football meaning soccer because... Um, Because a lot of football teams are just formed there. And I guess it's just because a lot of people live there and they have nothing else to do than play soccer.
0: Okay, so it's actually known for being a football uh, region. Do people... uh, Get out of there. Uh, Is there like ways to so like a lot of times? um, Well, there are ways to kind of like escape uh, social norms in the United States. They they say that it's much harder. And generally, if you look at a lot of different places, people don't generally do that. Um, They tend to be stuck there and kind of uh, uh, in a repetitive cycle. Um, Is there ways to get out of uh, that system? I know that you went through school and you definitely went to college for a bit.
1: But Um, yeah, I don't know if 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 there's like a general way. I would just basically say move because it's not difficult to move somewhere else and a lot of people just don't do that so um yeah i i guess you could probably just move but i'm not an expert on that so
0: yeah um so what was what was school like there? You mentioned was there lots of different schools in that one area? Um, was there a, only a couple of schools? Because if you look at like LA, there is a ton of schools, like public schools and stuff that you can go to within the area. Um, was there any private schools, public schools, stuff like that in that area? Uh,
1: well, basically in Germany we don't have much, many private schools anyway, so everyone's going to public schools. Um, the the system. The system works in a way that you basically choose the elementary school you want to go to, and it's normally the newest school you get. So There's no like this school is better than the other. Like every elementary school is looked at the same, basically. Um And then after elementary school, you're you're put into one of the three secondary schools, which is for like the smartest kids, the medium, smart kids and the dumbest kids. Basically, so that's how the system works. And there you have not much choice as well. So the teachers basically recommend a school that is normally followed by the parents, but the parents have the ultimate say. So if the teacher says your kid is not smart enough for the smartest school, but your parents say, oh, he should go anyways, you can go there. And normally how it works in in like a small area, there's only like one one of those schools for the smartest kid, one of the school is for the medium kids and so on. and I was fortunate enough to attend the the smart cool smart smart school kid smart kids school. There we go. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but yeah, in general, I think once I so I changed schools when I went to the equivalent of what is high school and in, um, in America. Mm-hmm. and i changed to a school that was outside of that general area of the of the worker okay, beach of the Ruhr area
0: why, why and, did you change
1: um it's funny oh, yeah. it's like a lot of coincidences really but um a lot of my life is just a lot of coincidences really but uh just to tell the whole story maybe yeah. uh, there was
2: like
1: um, there's like a thing school where i think it was on on like girls day uh so all the girls go go to a workplace where men usually work and in germany we do it now that all the all the boys go to normally go to a workplace where girls go (laughs) um It might not have been girls day, actually. But I went to, I went to some IT place, actually, which is not a girls place. So, okay, screw that. But I went to some IT place for a day. It was only a day. And there, there I met like two people who attended the school in, who attended the school I later went to. And they told me about this new school where you could have, um, where you could have computer science as a major subject. And I was kinda into computer science back then. It was like ninth grade. And I thought, damn, normally you can't have computer science as like a major subject in high school. Because in, in Germany you you basically have two like major subjects and then you have a lot of minor subjects and you can choose which major subjects you want. And those are weighted higher and and are like um harder generally. Uh so if you if you for example choose math as your major subject, you will have you will have more complex math classes than the kids who don't do that in high school. And normally, again, you can't have computer science as like a major mm-hmm. subject in high school. And they told me about the school way out there uh, that has that has this opportunity. And I thought, damn, I kind of want to do that. So. I like one or two years later. I decided to actually go to that school. Wake up at five in the morning every day to take a train for an hour to to get there. Um, and what I actually wanted to say is, all the all the people in this new area with this new school, they always told me that if you have if you have a high school degree in the area I grew up in, everyone would laugh at you because. It's just this look down upon region, right? Mm -hmm. Um, this kind of opened my mind the first time.
0: (laughs) So, so. You, you go to look to move to this new, new school and you're, you're, you're going to have to wake up really early every day. And that means you're also getting home late every day, most likely, because it's an yeah. hour both ways. Um, what did your parents say when you you're like, hey, mom, dad, I want to go to the school in the middle of nowhere. It's going to take me an <laughs> hour train. I'm going to be on an hour train back.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I think I just went along with it, really. They were like, oh, okay, sure. Well, why not? Right. Um, I don't know. I've always.
0: Oh, your mic died again. Killing me. Killing
1: me. Probably. I'm so sorry about that. Kill it's okay. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm, don't expect to... me to
0: edit this. That's all. I'm letting you know.
1: Nah, you okay. should not. I okay. would not. <laughs> um. <laughs> I re- I probably have to buy a new headset at some point. No, um. So. Yeah, they just kind of went along with that.
0: No, oh, your headset again. <laughs> uh, you might, you might just need to go steal someone else's headset.
1: I could do that. You could. I, I could do that. Uh, I don't Isn't know Toronto- how to- Isn't
0: Toronto spo- and sponsored by a headset maker? Are they sponsored by someone who makes headsets <coughs> yet?
1: I can't oh. disclose any information. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. If it, if it cuts out again, I might just. I might just steal Bishop's headset. It's lying there. It's still- um. But we can
0: take a break if you want to go
1: steal it. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. <laughs> you go That's steal better. it. Better. Okay
0: see in a second <laughs> So it's okay it's why <laughs> doing nice things, broy. like flying penguins
1: wow so
0: so uh moving on uh what we were talking about is kind of like the school system and your parents uh your parents and whether or not they allowed you to uh kind of move back and forth and you were talking about um kind of like their opinion of you going back and forth
1: yeah exactly so um they kind of went along with that because I've always been like kind of a independent kid. And at that point, I only lived with my mother. My parents were divorced, um, at that time. Um, and yeah, she was, she was basically kind of like, oh, okay, if you want to do that, then do that. Be- I guess because maybe, maybe she like trusted me because I always have been kind of more mature than others my age. Um, so she just thought okay why not Mm
0: -hmm. So, so do you have any brothers or sisters then
1: yes i have a i have a younger brother who's like two and a half years younger than me
0: okay two and a half years younger so you mentioned that your your parents got divorced so my parents divorced right when i was right around six um when did your parents
1: divorce um i must have been like nine or ten back then mm-hmm. that's so, actually fairly actually, old it must have
0: been very con- like confusing and
1: uh yeah and rough the, the thing is we it, it was like double rough because one year before that we moved to literally a village <laughs> like we moved to a village with like 100 people living there because it was closer to the workplace of my dad mm-hmm then, like, okay, it wasn't even a year later that they divorced and we moved back into, into dreamland. <laughs> um, yeah. we moved back into, into the city I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of weird because I, I was at the end of elementary school back then and I basically left my classmates for not even a year, then came back and it was like super confusing because. Because I came back into the same class, the same classmates, and I was like, Oh, I'm hello, I'm back. <laughs> How are you? Uh and I I guess I guess I didn't really know what was going on, but then again I tried to be because my brother was very small, I tried to be this like older brother figure where I where I tried to seem like this didn't touch me really. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't really know if it actually did. Uh uh-uh. I don't know. It's just like a. At this point, it's like a weird. It must have been a weird situation, yeah.
0: So, when when what did your what did your dad do for a job? Because you mentioned he moved for a job.
1: I would actually have to Google what that word is <laughs> in English, <laughs> um, but it's. Let me actually Google it because I have no idea how to explain that.
0: I can see the
1: light. I'm so sorry about no, the light.
0: The light's okay. It's okay. Uh...
1: Okay, so it's called welder.
0: Oh, welding. Okay.
1: So yeah, he was welding, and he was in kind of um, he got into like a good position in his in his um company. So he was like a instructor, I guess. Um, he instructed other people, and he was welding himself and stuff, and. I'm doing a podcast on. <laughs> uh, so, okay, hello. They can only so, see like half of
0: his face because I cut him
1: uh, off. That's it's okay. Off. Yeah, it's okay to not see all of his face. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was he was like a welder. He he got into a good position, and we thought it would be better to move into like a. Or they thought <laughs> I had no opinion back yeah. then, <laughs> uh, but they thought it would be better to move closer to the to the company actually because he was like um driving back and forth for like an hour and a half every day (laughs) um one trip so yeah
0: okay so so you go to move what did your mom do was she a stay-at-home mom did she also work
1: um back then so she always like I think I think when we grew up she was more like stay at home, but she always did something on the side where uh Where I guess she worked like for example in the cafeteria of my school or something something like that, small. Um after they divorced to keep her eye on you. Yeah, yeah, kinda, maybe. (laughs) Um after they divorced she obviously did something more full time, but I think she always only did stuff on the side. Back then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so this, you're growing up. Um, was your home life, did it come out of the blue? Was it very unexpected for you?
1: Yes. Um, it was very unexpected because uh, it was a weird situation where my, my mom just decided to like literally move out the day she told my dad, basically. And so we, (laughs) A bunch of cars showed up, and we literally moved back to where we came from uh in a day and I think she kind of tried to explain it to me i d- I don't have the best memories of that, but she kind of tried to explain it to me in like a calm way, and I kind of just took it and and tried to be uh, mature about it i guess um so yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, th- that's about all you could do. Like, I know that when uh, my parents divorced, it was very it was very confusing and emotional, especially because we did uh, split custody. So I would travel back and forth, like, all the time. I don't know if you had oh, okay. some sort of custody. <laughs> yeah, on weekends,
1: on weekends, we would always go to our dad for mm-hmm. a while.
0: Yeah, and so that's how it was for me growing up for most of the time until, like, high school, um, when I actually switched houses that I was living in, and I didn't go visit my mom, uh, like, at all. Uh, but it was, it was always very like weird and you get used to it after a while, but I, I remember when it like first started happening, it was like, oh, Hey, this weekend I'm leaving. Oh, I can't do these sports events because yeah. it's an hour and a half drive to visit uh, my dad for a while. And so, um, it's one of the reasons why I got into video games so much is cause I, I was like, okay, well I can't do anything extracurricular anyway, so I might as well just play video games.
1: So <laughs> I guess that's how it works. Yeah. For me, it was like, I don't know, um, it was kind of I was kind of okay with all of that because even though we we never had like the most money or anything, it was like whenever we were at my dad, we were going to go we were going fishing or something something that's like doesn't require a lot of money but also can be fun. Yeah. Um, and I kind of got into that new family because my my father got to got a new girlfriend, which is now his new wife. Um, mm-hmm. and she had. Uh, two kids herself, so I kind of got a new stepmother and a new stepsister. Uh, the stepsister, the sister, didn't really live with us because she's um, like six years, seven years older than me. Mm-hmm. So she was, she was a grown up already. But um, on on weekends, at least, I got to live with two brothers now, <laughs> which was a new situation. But um, it was, it was always kind of fun. I have like a lot of fun memories mm-hmm. until a certain point. Uh, so yeah.
0: Okay, so you mentioned that you had a lot of fun memories until a certain point. Um, yeah, my job, so my job is always there. Yeah, me, I I knew so. I
1: knew. So um, and yeah, it's always been like kind of hard talking about that, but recently or like in the last few years, I think it it got I got more used to it. Where um, my my father had alcohol problems. Um, he he was addicted to alcohol, and that was basically the reason my mom woke up. And she explained that to me when they divorced. That's mm-hmm. maybe why I kind of took it and was not too emotional about it, um, because I I I obviously noticed it too when I was a kid. Yeah, there were there were like incidents where I I have this one memory where I must have been like five or six, and we went like fishing with my. With my friend who lived next door with was like a childhood friend, but my father was drunk, so we actually never got to fish and then so we just drove to the river. he literally just got drunk and then we drove back while he was drunk, and the police came and all of that shit because he drove over red lights uh, that's like that's like the <laughs> all this memory I probably have and so I kind of knew it and I kind of that that's why I kind of took it and Later on, when we went to our dad on weekends, at some point, um, at some point I decided I don't want to see him again because, uh, it got like really bad and I was older back then, so I understood it more and I didn't want to, I didn't want to take it anymore, really. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just told him and that's like, that was rough, but I kind of told him that I don't want to see him anymore. And so, um, I didn't get to see him for a couple of years, yeah.
0: Did Did your brother still go and see him?
1: Yes, my brother still went to see him. Um, he was younger, so I think maybe he, maybe he didn't understand it that well yet. Uh, and I don't know, I can't really tell you when it was that I told him. Maybe I was like 12 or 13. <laughs> Uh, So my brother must have been like 10 or 11 or something like that. Um, But he he still went there, and I I was fine with that, obviously. Uh, It was just like, that was a world I kind of abandoned completely.
0: Yeah, no, I I actually can relate quite well. So my mom, uh, growing up, um, she did a lot of fentanyl. Um, which is a very, very strong, uh, drug that they give to like people who are in a lot of pain and sometimes dying cancer patients. Um, so she would do fentanyl and, uh, she was remarried to my stepdad. And I think I was 17, 16, uh, when I actually was like, I'm not doing this anymore, but I wouldn't do it unless my brother also, um, had uh. made a decision to do it. And so I put up with it a lot longer because I was always worried about him and I would always try to do whatever I could okay. to uh, help protect him. Um, cause I felt like that was part of my job. Um, and so for me, when I had that conversation, it was with my brother and we're like, okay, we're both going to do this. Um, and that Interesting. was one of the reasons why I ended up moving back with like my dad and living just full time with my dad was much similar. And my grandparents were also alcoholics. Um, and so it can be really, really rough. Um, so yeah. one of the reasons why I always watch how much I, I drink and I'm always very, very careful about that yeah. because of that, cause it's scary.
1: Yeah, same. I, I don't drink at all, actually. This is like, I don't drink alcohol. I don't do any drugs. I don't even like smoke cigarettes because I feel like I don't want to expose my brain to that. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of, I mean, it can be fun and stuff, obviously, but I just, I just had this experience and I just like kind of made myself clear that I never want to be in the same situation. And just to be clear, I'm like on good terms with my dad now. Mm-hmm. Um, because after like two or three years, um, his new wife back then, she wasn't his wife yet, but, yeah. um, she also had alcohol problems and she went to, uh, what is it rehab? called? Rehab. rehab. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she went to a rehab and she told him that if he doesn't go to a rehab, their relationship is over. And at that point, they were together for like at least five years already. Uh, so my dad went to a rehab as well and he didn't really believe in it. He thought like it's total crap and stuff, but he completely rehabbed. He, he isn't drinking any alcohol anymore for like, I don't even know, more than five years now. So he hasn't touched alcohol anymore. He's completely back. And at some point he approached me again. It was like, like slowly approached me again. He was very careful about that. Um, and tried to get a relationship going with me again, because I literally haven't talked. I hadn't talked to him for years. Um, and he did that in, yeah, a, a very careful manner. And we kind of started to see each other again, like every other weekend, watch like football together. Um, and. At this point, I'm in a really good relationship with my father. I have to say, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously don't get to see him at all because I'm in LA, and I wouldn't. I I didn't get to see him much in in um Germany either because I was in university. But same with my mother. Uh, still, though, like, I just felt like there was a really, uh, really mature relationship between us. Um, and I really appreciate that. And right now, I have to say it's kind of weird to say but i i kind of i kind of am thankful for all of this happening because i kind of feel like this this just made me the person i am and i don't really want to be someone else because i feel like this whole this whole experience the whole alcohol and the divorce and and living only with my mother um having not too much money it's just kind of I don't know it just kind of feels necessary to to get like this this kind of wake up call I don't know you can't really call it wake up call but it's like a you, nice you, you, path you to maturity a, yeah.
0: you you have a you have a lot of uh learning experiences that people don't normally get because yeah. I can, I can really like I know that growing up I was very much more immature than like the people that were in my school um, because of the circumstances that I was in. And it, like, I remember being like 16 and like worrying about bills and I'm like, <laughs> I shouldn't, shouldn't have to worry about bills at 16 probably most of the time. But I mean, there's, there is benefits for, for going through those experiences. And I was going to ask yeah. you, um, if you had built your relationship, which I'm happy to hear that you did with your dad. Um, what was that like when you first started to rebuild that? Cause i know that for me it is terrifying like there are moments still where i reach out and it's still always it's very very terrifying and i take you don't you don't trust what's happening you're like is this fake is this real what was that like for you
1: so i'm a very introverted person maybe um or like i was a very introverted person maybe that is because of the divorce um i was like kind of uh, a shy kid i don't really think i am anymore Kind of, I kind of changed in the last few years, Mm -hmm. Um, but um, so maybe it is because of of those circumstances. But because I was very introverted, when he approached me again, I was like very skeptical, and um, yeah, I I guess you could just say very very skeptical of everything because something like that happened earlier as well, and and so. Like a couple of years or like a year before he tried to contact me again, but he didn't go through rehab back then. So I, I kind of tried to start seeing him again, but, but stuff was still bad. So I broke it up again. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was even more careful (laughs) because this happened and, uh, I'm sorry about all the Koreans by the way. No, I, I, I guess you can hear them. Um, but yeah, I was very skeptical, and and at some point because I heard that he went through rehab, I I didn't really believe it that that he would not drink any alcohol anymore. Uh, but but my brother confirmed it, and and I was like, okay, maybe I should maybe I should just like try to see him on one weekend, and that was like literally just a day I think where we hang out and. Watched football together, went to like a restaurant, ate some food, um, and from there, it, it was not on a regular basis, but like every, like once a month or something, he would just like contact me and was like, "Oh, do you want to watch football together?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, sure," and that way it slowly, it slowly became uh, the relationship that we have now.
0: Did he ever apologize
1: yes anything? so like he still does that he's still like as people are they like, always go uh, go talk about their memories and um, like whenever I see him like whenever there's like a big family meeting on Christmas or something the, the topic kind of comes up at some point where he just starts talking about it himself so he just starts talking about it and he's like yeah I I don't know what I would do I I think he says something like uh, I think I would be dead by now if I if I wouldn't have gone through the rehab um just because just because of the alcohol and not seeing his kids as well um he, he thinks that he's like a super lucky person to be able to see his kids again um and I I can feel that this is not something he lies about
0: are are you grateful that he did that? Are you really grateful that you have that that relationship now that you've yes. been able to get? that? I
1: I would even say I have a better relationship with him than with my mom. Um, it, it just it just feels so truthful. There are like no lies anymore. There's like like everything he says to me, everything I can say to him, it's just the one hundred percent the truth. He he won't like ever. I feel like everything he says is like th- there's nothing there's nothing in the back of his mind that is uh, that is that is controversial to what he's actually saying. You know, I I don't know how to explain it, but it's just a very genuine relationship. Just so it's
0: so. it's basically he's honest all the time now. Yes. Um yes. And maybe if, even if it's not something you want to hear, at least you know he's always being honest.
1: Correct. Yeah. It it is yeah i'm I'm really grateful for that if he thinks that I'm doing something um badly or like i'm I'm doing something that I shouldn't do uh he would tell me and and the same way I can tell him if i if I think that there's something that I shouldn't do and he always tries to kind of use his life experience to teach me so not only about the divorce and the alcohol stuff but also just general life experience and he always says that he's like grown a lot from which is funny from his like uh i don't know from his like end of 30s to now now starting almost 60s probably he just says that he's like grown a lot and he learned so much that it's incredible
0: so what was your relationship with your brother like then? Because for me, me and my brother got very, very close because of the divorce. Um, and especially some of the situations uh, mm-hmm. going back with my my mom and my stepdad and my stepdad being abusive. Um, we got very, very close because I felt always this need to like protect him. And so I was always trying to be there for him. Um, and we were really cr- close growing up from that. Um, what was your relationship with your brother like?
1: So we... I don't think we were close. Um yeah I don't I don't think we were like particularly close but uh and we all there's like a huge gap between us just because we are very different people. Uh, where I always was like a very introverted child. Uh he he was like more of the outgoing one. He was like basically the extreme opposite of me. I was like more focused on uh on school and stuff while he was uh, doing stuff with his friends. Um and so so while we never like grow really close we we got along um so there was a situation later on where um my mother had a new boyfriend and mm-hmm. he always praised me because i was like good in school and all of that stuff and he was always looking down on my brother who was who was not taking school seriously and who was doing shit with his friends all the time and I kind of felt the need to protect him back then, and which I tried to do. Uh, but this person who was my mother's boyfriend was not very open to discussion. Let's say uh, a very, a very stoic person. Um, but I always tried to. I don't. I always felt the the need to kind of protect him in a in a way. Um, even though we never really were close. We were like arguing sometimes, but. Most of the time we were just not talking to each other. Um, but still I, I feel like there's some there's some connection there even now. Like I don't talk to my brother a lot, but sometimes sometimes I would call him, like once a year maybe. And it's just like it's just like a fun conversation. He matured a lot in the last few years. Um where earlier I thought he was like very immature, but now he's like starting to starting to become more mature himself, and I think we can hold the conversation now just fine.
0: So, looking at that, you, you obviously changed schools when the divorce happened. What was school like for you? Were, were you someone who was, you mentioned you were very introverted. So, did, yeah. did you have a lot of friends? Did you make friends? What was the school, did the school have uh, people who were not very nice due to the, the area? Um, were you someone who got picked on? Were you someone who fit in with groups? Where, where did you fall in school?
1: Uh, early on when I, when the divorce happened and I just got into fifth grade, uh, I did not have, I did not have many friends. Maybe I didn't have any friends really, uh, in, in school. And I guess I kind of got picked on because I, I also, I also was obese back then because maybe because of the whole divorce situation. And, um, and so i so I was overweight. I was a little bit picked on i and I never really had friends and at that point, like a kind of a cut happened where um i I had to repeat the class because I was too too bad in German and English funnily enough um
0: both the languages you speak
1: yes <laughs> uh. Well, English, I really couldn't speak back then, though. <laughs> um, but so so I kind of there was kind of this cut where I had to repeat classes. And I, I told myself that I want to change. Uh, I actually I remember that quite well, because I told myself I want to change. I lost a lot of weight back then. And this is amazing to me, because I must have been like, 12 or 13 years old and I, I, I kind of made this decision to like lose weight and suddenly become a diff- different person so I got into the new class but there was a summer break obviously where I could lose all the weight and could like prepare myself for the news, for the new class for the new people. And I got into this new class and I kind of immediately found friends. I, I kind of, um, there were people that I got along with well because they were also good at math, the only thing I was good at. (laughs) And, uh, and all this, all this change really had a positive effect on me, even though I don't remember if I really changed in those like two or three months where we had summer break. If, if all of this happened back then, um, as, as well with the late was, uh, weight loss and everything, but still uh, this whole decision it just it just got positive reinforcement and from there uh I kind of became a different person. So
0: when you first make this decision, like your life is going it seems like it's going downhill, you're getting picked on, and all of a sudden end of school year hits and you're like, I'm gonna yeah. change change my life. Um what do you start doing to change your life? Uh
1: yeah that's a good question
0: that's like well that's the that's like almost like the million dollars what did you do to start changing your life what did you did you start to look at things in a different way did you start doing goal setting what did you do to actually do those change
1: i think it's just it just started with losing weight really for me this was a big thing where i just where i just lost weight how how did you
0: lose weight did you just I eat just different? Did eat you start much.
1: running? Okay. I, I <laughs> so didn't eat as much. That's all there is. I, I was a kid back then, so all I could think of was just not eat as much okay. uh, and it it worked. <laughs> that is a that <laughs> is a either.
0: massive amount of self-control as a kid, if you think about
1: it. Yeah. I remember I remember there were situations where my mother would be like, Oh, you should you should eat some more and I was like, No no i I want to lose weight, <laughs> and she was like kind of scared because because she thought I would go like so extreme way where I don't eat at all um, yeah. but yeah it it kind of worked, and I don't really know what else changed i I guess because i. I guess the first day in school must have been like something where I tried to be uh, more open with people, try to make friends. And since there were a lot of new people that had like similar interests as opposed to in the previous class where there weren't as many, I don't want to be rude, but there weren't as many smart kids who would just be into math. um, In this new class, there were a couple of those and I, I just got along with them and then I got to got along with the other kids as well and uh, even though I was this, in this weird situation where I was one year older than or actually I wasn't one year older because I I um, joined elementary school one year earlier so I actually was the same age but since I, I repeated class I was in this yeah. since I repeated class uh, I was still in this weird situation where I was this new guy right because in Germany and you're in the same class from 5th to Tenth or actually thirteenth grade, mm-hmm. so so you're for, together forever, and uh, starting from fifth grade. And I was I was this new guy who must have been like this outcast, this bad guy because I repeated class, right? So I must be this stupid motherfucker. Yeah, sorry, uh, I must be this stupid. Swear, I don't kid, care. Right? Um. And yeah, I don't know. Even even though I was in this situation, maybe that's why people were interested in me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why they started to come to me and that helped me a lot to open up myself because, again, I was I was not not a very extroverted kid. So if people come to me, yes. Yeah,
0: no, I was going to ask you, did, did you have a lot of anxiety talking to people? Like, especially people uh, you didn't know?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I, back then, I didn't really feel that and must have been just like uh, something unconscious. But later on, I really... I really um, noticed that I have a lot of problems if there are strangers in in a group that I can't, I, I, I feel very, I felt it's not that anymore. I felt very weirded out and I tried not to talk to people. I always thought that there was like maybe some hostility going on. I tried to keep my distance all the time. And again, that's only something that I noticed later on in my life. Um, but it must have been like that back then. So I don't know how I really made friends, but it's probably just that similar interest evolved into yeah. um, friendship. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're going through school and you weren't doing so hot in some of it. I, did you start to do a lot better in school from that point on?
1: I was. My My grades increased by... Okay, maybe I have to go through the German fucking grade system here, but... Uh, so in Germany, you have grades from 1 to 6. 1 is the best, and 6 is the worst. You fail class if you have a 5. Okay. I don't know why there's a 6, but <laughs> you fail okay, class we if have, you have a we 5.
0: We have A, B, C, D, E, so...
1: Yeah, um, so yeah, it's similar, I guess. But um, my average grade score was 3.0, so C, basically, just yeah. flat C. And, uh, when I, when I repeated class, classes. So I was always good at math. I always had like a one in math every, (laughs) every single year, every single time. But I, because I had fives in, um, German and English, I had to repeat class. After I got into the new class with new friends and stuff, my average grade score increased by like, I think in the first year, I got from 3.0 to 2.3. So like, I got a better I got a better grade in probably in in like seventy percent of the subjects we had in school. Which is probably quite telling. So I did a lot better in school. And after that it only it only continued to increase. I continued to be the um to have the best grade score in my graduation year in high school actually. So um my my graduation grade score was a one point three, which is considered Super intelligent in Germany because no one no one does that. If you have a one point three, you're like you can do everything in university because university depends on how good you were in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the hardest thing to get into is psychology actually, uh, and you need a one point three at least, a, or like yeah, at least a one point three to get into it. And I had that, so it meant like it meant like a lot. I could, I don't know everything changed <laughs> everything everything just changed yeah
0: so so you, you you're going through school uh were video games a huge part of your life going through high school
1: yes uh, well high school um it was uh at, at the high school point because i changed schools right <gasps> and i changed schools even though i had a lot of friends then but i had friends in my in my class that i got into after i repeated after mm-hmm. I repeated a year, uh, I still decided to change schools. And the the only way to really keep in touch with a lot of people was through video games. So I played video games to continue having those friends. I didn't get too many new friends in high school, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had those friends. I played online, and I played League of Legends, and whatever we got our fingers on, really. Um, so it was kind of a big thing for me, yes.
0: So you're going through uh, high school, and you get down with high school, and you're looking at doing university. What first of all, what did you want to do in university?
1: So the funny thing is, when I went to high school, because I was already, I was already smart when I <laughs> changed into high school. I like
0: how you're like oh, I'm in quotation <laughs> smart.
1: Well, yeah, because it changed from being this dumb kid that had to repeat yeah. a year, right? So I, I was already smart. I transitioned into becoming into being intelligent when mm-hmm. I was in high school. So in um, after the first year, my math teacher told me that I should start university while being in high school, and and that's what I did. I I started attending or oh, not attending. There was like a. Um what is it called long range university where they send you stuff and you have to read it and then you go to exams. Oh, okay, you fair. don't actually attend like lectures. You just okay. read stuff, go to exams and um pass them or fail them. Um I never failed exams. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. Bro. I think you really smart. <laughs> but uh, but, uh so, so I did this university thing on the side and I um I was always into math and computer science so mm-hmm. I I studied math and computer science actually both I tried to I tried to do like a hybrid thing where I did some classes of both while I was in high school and when I ended high school I was so torn between computer science mathematics psychology and physics and I was like come on <laughs> how do I decide uh, and I basically in the end I I thought I should I should only take one at the start because going to university full time would be different. In the end, I should have done two actually because I was super bored in university. But um,
0: <laughs> I think that boredom was a benefit. But we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, um, two actually. Uh, so I just chose computer science because it was always computer science for me. I went to a different school because of computer science. So I and I kind of thought, okay, even though I really like oh, yeah. physics i I really like astrophysics. I really am interested into this in, in this psychology thing, and I also like math, but I thought, okay, math is probably i uh, that would probably be too hard. I don't want to bother really <laughs> so uh I thought, okay, that's kind of out of the question. Astrophysics was a big hobby for me i was spent i spent hours and upon hours on the internet reading on reading stuff about astrophysics and i was like it's kind of a hobby but do i really want to make this my job maybe not and psychology i i thought i was always into it but i didn't know if i was made for it um so i thought okay the safest way is probably just computer science
0: i like how you logically had to deduct this for yourself. so you're like <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: I am a very is, logical person. You did a very
0: cost benefit analysis of your of uh, choice, <laughs> which is kind of telling of where you are now. Yeah, so. actually,
1: is that is that cost benefit. is actually I think that was one of the things about psychology because I was like, can you actually make money with that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean you can it's if you're an, if you're a, if you're a golden fish that is swimming through the river and you're doing good and everyone yeah, yeah. else is fallen then yeah you can make money. but unless you're that gold fish you're not making money in psychology so yeah um so you get to you get to go to college and you mentioned that you were you were bored uh what was the college experience like for you because I obviously went to college as well and my college was a because it was in the middle of nowhere where it snows Six, seven months out of the year, people just drink all the time. That's pretty much what okay. our college. That's all that they do. So, it's really all you can do. You can go skiing too, but it's skiing and drinking. Like that is, that's it. So, what was college <laughs> like for you? Uh,
1: college for me, okay. I started, I started being this kid that went, went to college or did like university classes while I was in high school. So I thought, okay, if I do university full time. I'll just race through to, through that and finish my bachelor's in like one and a half years. That was my goal. And I, I was on the best track to do that. And I was like, this must be easy. So I went to university and it was like, it was so freaking easy that at some point I just, I, I noticed not only do I not have to go to classes, I can literally start, start, um, Start practicing for exams the night before and get a good grade, and that was when I was like, okay, I just—it's this is this is not enough. I'll just I just don't need to do anything in university. So I, <laughs> so university life became from being this super dedicated person who thought like I I'll just like do everything to finish as quick as possible. And um, after half a year, I was starting to get recommendations to go to Japan to study artificial intelligence mm-hmm. as my master's degree. But it just became so incredibly boring that I did not attend classes because I did not have to. Everything I learned in school, or learned at home was enough already. I, I didn't have to do anything anymore. Um, So. I, it just became incredibly boring, and i started I started watching um eSports more and more because I had nothing else to do really I, I had nothing else to do, so I played video games <laughs> I started watching more and more uh League of Legends back then, yeah, that was college.
0: Okay, so you're watching uh, League of Legends, and when do you start to think that esports is like a real thing? Where do you start to, to come in that? Hey, this is there's there's some stats here, there's some um, analyst work here. How does that start to come up? Yeah, so what is your first full break
1: that? We are going back to 2015 now. So 2015, uh, 2015, oh. I I got my recommendations for Japan. I I like I was I was Pretty sure that I would go to Japan, mm-hmm. um, and then suddenly I start making money and a lot of money betting on League of Legends. And
0: when you say when you say a-, a lot of money, okay, you have to put that in perspective for people who are kind of watching this. What is your equivalent of a lot? Are you making uh, five thousand euros a week?
1: Uh, like- uh so so my equivalent for making a lot of money is surviving off of it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I is that i like
0: two hundred Euros? <laughs> like what is that No no wrong? no.
1: So So it's like I don't know, it it must have been like uh it must have been like actually like two to four thousand euros a month or something. Okay. Um, with just betting and I started out like putting $50 into like a, an account and after like, after like two weeks I was at like, I don't know, 1000 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, I started how did, making...
0: How did you get into, like, when you're doing betting, you obviously didn't be like, oh, I know that G2 is going to beat uh, Fnatic. Like, how did you get into the point where you were making these bets and you were so,
1: winning? so back then fantasy was the thing yes. um fantasy daily fantasy esports uh no longer really big but it just like got big back then 2015 mm-hmm. um and and was it actually 2014 one of those years 2014 yes. or 2015 it got big and i i thought okay i like league of legends i watched like every korean game there is. Fuck the other regions um are
0: working uh, for an
1: all-Korea team now. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny how that works, right? Yeah, funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so, so I, I watched Korea, and I, I was very confident in myself, and I thought, like, okay, just like put fifty dollars into it, and I started. I started doing those fantasy contests. So yeah, you draft right. players, and the 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 drafted teams that do best win money, right? Yeah. So that's fan- that's daily fantasy. So I consistently won money. I won money every single time because I know, knew so much about Korea. That's that's why my $50 escalated into this huge bank wall all of a sudden.
0: Now, when you say you knew so much about Korea, was it that you just you eyeball tested it or did you know stats and did you figure out which stats mattered? Um, or were you quite literally just eyeballing this shit?
1: Back then, it was literally just eyeballing. I was always into the stat side, but I, I never really... I never really tried to be back then. I just eyeballed it, and I had so much knowledge. It's so weird. I, I felt like I knew exactly what would happen as soon as as I saw team compositions after draft. I knew exactly how the game would play out, at least in Korea. Fuck the other regions. Um, <laughs> so, so just because I knew that, I. I uh, I started to make money, and then that's where stats came in. I started to use stats because I, I thought that's actually a valid thing. I was literally a professional fucking better. A uh, gambler. Yeah, a professional, professional gambler, yeah. So uh, that's when stats came in, and I, I started to use this to enhance myself and like started to try to get my feet into other regions other than Korea, uh, and it kind of worked as well. And, and I was like, Wow. I have money all of a sudden, I don't even go to university, why, why do I have to attend university? So, <laughs> um, so this was uh, the new line.
0: What was your, if you had to guess like a win percentage of like your, your guess percentage, because that's what it really, when you come down to gambling, you're obviously not winning all of it. You're, you're trying to make up wins and losses and depending on that. What would you say your guess percentage was of being correct?
1: So, in in terms of traditional bets, where you bet on lines so or like mm-hmm. on odds, uh, my bet percentage was probably like fifty five percent or something. Mm-hmm. Not too impressive. But when I played fantasy, I won, I won like I don't know seventy up, up of seventy percent of my fantasy contests, and and that is huge. I was the top three fantasy esports player in the world, actually, <laughs> like. And I guess only those kind of people can, can have, can say that they are professional because it's so, it's so restricted. It's only esports and mm-hmm. it's, it's fantasy. But I, I was actually one, that's the only thing I've ever been one of the best in the world at in esports. I was never good at playing video games, but I was good at gambling on them. I mean, that's th- th-
0: there are sports that is professional gambling. So I think I don't know if they're yeah, yeah. cuts, whatever. They're basically like, people professionally gamble for a living. It is a real thing, um, and it's, it's really cool that you start to get into it like that. Now, you were involved with League of Legends. Um, did you ever do? Did you ever? T- you were you were obviously really good at betting, and you started to incorporate stats um, into your work. Did you ever work for teams in League of Legends?
1: That that's so funny. So like. At the end of 2015, we kind of feel we as like the the top gambling community because you get to know the other guys. Some of them were poker professionals. Some come from NFL betting, and you get to know all those new people. And you you know who to bet against and who not to bet against. And like fantasy. because you don't want to bet against and, the other people who are good. Yeah, you don't want to go to, and you don't want to bet on Europe and only have in in a one v one contest this, this one guy who's like really good at betting on Europe. That's why no one would bet against me in Korea. Um, and and so I forgot the question. Oh,
0: did you start to work with teams? Did you start to use ah, that okay, okay. to work with teams?
1: So so we we kind of we kind of um, felt that the whole fantasy thing. Is kind of in a dodgy place at the end of two thousand and fifteen. It's probably dying because there's a new there's new regulations in New York and there's new regulations all over America and Europe already. All always has been a gray area, um, so we kind of feel that. And uh, I kind of think, okay, what else can I do? So so I started actually writing articles about League of Legends and a, a little bit about fantasy. Uh, because I kind of thought, okay, I, I enjoy that. I have nothing else to do anyways because I don't go to classes. Um, and and then there was this job opening on Fnatic and I was like, yeah, why not give it a shot? And I actually made it to the last round for like an analyst. And I actually made it to the last round of people who were considered and I was a complete nobody. I mm-hmm. like I was a complete rando. I had no Twitter. I, I was only a fantasy guy. Um, oh. But... I kind of made it into the last round of um, of considered people, and I guess I failed there. I never actually was employed by Fnatic, uh, so I actually never worked for a team. But I can at least say I was close to it. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. So y- did you ever try out for any other teams? Because I know other positions have opened up since then. So
1: this was this was just a random thing because I I, I never really considered working for a team because I. I th- it was so weird to me that I was making money in the first place. Uh, and uh, looking back, I should have, I should have done more work. You should have tried harder to get into a team because apparently I had this good mind for the game, right? I, apparently I knew what was going on there. So I should have tried more. I never tried anything else. I only did the fanatic tryout because, because it, it just showed up. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, why not? I mean, I have, I can do that. And, I we we had to review some matches and something. It was like Fnatic versus Q something some Chinese team. Um, but yeah, other than that, I never I never really tried. I never thought I should try. Mm-hmm.
0: So that was in uh you said two thousand
1: fifteen. Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: So two thousand fifteen, you don't make it into Fnatic. What do you start to do? Because you're 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 not really going to school. Right. You're, did you did you were, yeah. you, were you still uh, enrolled in school or had you dropped out?
1: I was still enrolled. I was I was still like uh, fake attending it. Okay. Um. I like how you say fake, even
0: though you were still taking your exams and passing everything. Right.
1: Well, I took some exams. For some, I I literally didn't show up because I thought I don't want to wake up this morning. This was this was basically it. Huh. Uh. So, I I. I still kind of attended it, but I was making money, so why would I, right? <laughs> that was like that was my dumb image of thinking back then. Just to just to make that clear, I didn't have to make any money to be in university because uh, in in Germany you don't have you have to pay like four hundred bucks a year to be in university, and you actually get like something that's called child money. Mm -hmm. um where if you are below 25 and not have uh, an apprenticeship or a university degree you get like a few hundred euros a year so uh, a few hundred euros a month sorry to survive and um so i never had to make money i suddenly got money and i i thought okay i don't really care about university anyway so i didn't attend it and um i forgot the question again i'm just rambling
0: (laughs) No, it's I I like hearing about this stuff. My I asked if you were still enrolled in school and uh, if you or if you had dropped out.
1: Okay, so I was still enrolled. I took some exams, but I I didn't really feel the need to take all of them. on On my shelf, there were all those recommendations for Japan, and I was like, Do I actually want to get a master's degree? I I I still didn't have my bachelor's degree back then, but I was like, Do I actually want to be an academic? And I thought like. This seems just too much of a bother. Nah, probably not. So I kind of already decided that I don't want to do my masters. Um, but my my parents still kind of pushed me to do to get my bachelor's, obviously. Yeah. But I was kind of more and more involved in in uh, esports.
0: Did you eventually drop out of school? Uh,
1: yes, last okay, year. So-
0: okay last year you dropped so you're 2015 you're kind of going to school what are you doing in the meantime are you still just betting uh
1: so 2015 was all about all about betting it was just all about betting start of 2016 as well um i got a girlfriend and who was from greece so Mm -hmm. i just went to Greece and lived there with her for like half a year (laughs) because that's something you can do in uh, Europe. And I thought, yeah, I can, I can bet from there, right? I can, I can do everything from there, everything I want. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it works if you have something to do on the internet. So kind of 2016 kind of waltz along and uh, fantasy is really dying. Um, Everyone knows that so I kind of start to get more into the traditional kind of betting start to bet on fucking uh stocks not a good idea I'm not oh, good at that Oh did doing you lose that. money on stocks? Yes okay, I lost. So You weren't
0: you weren't good at betting on stocks.
1: Nah I was not good at predicting how companies do um as so, so I kind of felt fortunately enough I had a lot of money so I I well, not a lot of money. I I don't want to sound like arrogant or anything, but I I lost I lost a lot of money on stocks and I a lot of money to me. Um, yeah. And I thought that's that's when you stop. So that's where I felt that all the betting stuff is is like maybe a little bit too dodgy. It it became really apparent to me when back then back in twenty fifteen when I was like betting every week. I was betting like a thousand dollars or so on something. I was like. Wow, yeah, it's you, you. kind of have to think about that and like take a step back and look at what you're doing because that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just like 2016 rolls along, and I was like kind of waiting for a site. Actually, I was writing for an esports site about League of Legends. Which uh, site? So and you... it was some Do you even weird remember? G- click on click on esports. I've oh, got that it's, name. It sounds yeah. That, right? that place it's deserved to right.
0: collapse. Like, yes. The, wow. Yes. They,
1: they they paid me though. They yeah. did pay me, um, which was nice. It wasn't a lot, but they paid me, which I thought was cool for something I do as a hobby. And um, and then like at some point, people were starting to talk about Overwatch, right? This mm-hmm. is where we this is where we slowly come to this place. So people were starting to talk about Overwatch. I was like. I don't want to spend forty bucks on a damn game. Why why would you do that? League of Legends is free to play. Come on. This game looks like super super comic style. I didn't like that at all. I was like, nah, I won't play that. Um So I I never actually tried to get into beta or anything. My friends were, but I was like, nah, come on, D- don't 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 be that guy uh
0: were were you a league like uh elitist because i was i was like oh this overwatch game is gonna die it's like it looks so bad i i played it when it first came out i was like okay i'll give it a shot i had to see six of the same hero and i was like this game is fucking dumb and i literally uninstalled (laughs) it as soon as i saw six of the same hero. i was like i'm done and i literally uninstalled i was like this is (laughs) this is done
1: the, the thing for me always was I played video games that I could play with my friends. While well, while I was like kind of competitive in league, I actually made like diamond in some season oh, I did too. in one season. Um that's that that was pretty cool. Um but I actually oh something that I did in university actually and, and around that time was um I organized um I organized League of Legends tournaments for my university. Told- <laughs> and um and so I got more and more into into just, like, others, other esports stuff, like more regional yeah. esports stuff as well. I started casting League of Legends and um, and Overwatch kind of developed this esports scene and, and I always kind of play games that I play with friends and since my friends played it, I yeah, eventually yeah. bought Overwatch, <laughs> right? I eventually bought Overwatch and then I, I spent a lot of time in Season 1 just grinding and I thought it was a fun game and as it always was with me, I stopped playing the game and just started watching esports because that's more interesting to me yeah. to be honest. Um I actually make I actually made Masters in League of Le in, in Overwatch. It's as best as it gets in season two. Now I'm a plat I'm a plat boy again. Oh. Uh but, but yeah I, I started watching I started watching esports tournaments and uh I'll just go on, right? So, no, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm telling my life story. That is what like the show's so. about, bro. I
0: don't have to watch <laughs> it, but yeah, I yeah, get, yeah.
1: I get all the good shit. So, 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 um, so Overwatch comes along. I start watching it. I, uh, I, I notice that there's no stat site, and I always enjoyed Oracle's Alexia site by Tim Sevenhusen. Um, for League of Legends, uh, mm-hmm. I really, I really liked that. So I thought, okay, if no one else is doing like stats, why don't I do it? <laughs> right. So I started collecting stats for myself, and at some point, how I did you, of...
0: how did you collect stats starting off? Was the API out? Could did you have access to that?
1: No, so there was no API out early on. Um, and actually, there was a thread on Reddit where someone posted like uh, this program where you can where it detects the heroes on the screen and tells you when heroes were swapped. And mm-hmm. up until this point, I was collecting, I was only collecting basic stuff, like ah. when points were captured, which map was played. I and I started top adding top this new top thing top to my data collection. And I thought, damn, this is like really cool all of a sudden. And uh, this guy who developed the program, nowadays I actually write the program myself because I figured it's, it's easier. But
0: uh, yeah, cut out that middleman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. But this guy uh, like approached me with another guy, and um, and he he made a step further and started tracking the kill feed. And this was like really cool. So I had all these new stats, and I I pushed it on a website, ha, called Winston's Lab. <laughs> and this is where this whole crazy stuff happened. It okay, started.
0: so how does how does Winston's Lab get started? Like you you're obviously getting this stat data in, um, and. It's it's for mostly fun right now I'm assuming right you're mostly doing yeah, so, it for your own self enjoyment um, exactly and you're like oh I think I'm gonna I'm gonna create a website right like how does how does that, yeah. that that's a big so, jump
1: so so I had this I had this program uh, that I found on Reddit I did I wasn't in contact with anyone back then and I was like I had so much data and there was so much cool stuff that I found in the in the data that I thought okay. I should I should probably make this public and just because I was writing for League of Legends earlier, I thought I could write about that, J- just like as a hobby again. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could just write about that and do some cool stuff. So I, I started doing that. I started tagging like Monte Cristo on Twitter, so I get retweeted, <laughs> uh, like a, like the pleb I was. Um, Cringe boy, yeah, Yes, right, like the like the big pleb I was. So. So it kind of blew up and then this guy contacted me, had the new kill feed stuff. But already I had all this cool data and I, I really liked looking into all of the, all of the stats. It was like so fun to me. Uh, that, that yeah, it, it, it's just like, I don't know when the decision was made to like share it. But mm-hmm. after I started sharing it it was like so much satisfaction because people were praising it and were like as amazed as I was, so mm-hmm. it was it was really rewarding.
0: Yeah, so Winston how does Winston's lab start to come together?
1: Uh so so yeah, I, I just just for the name actually, the name was because I liked Oracle's Alex here, right? And mm-hmm. I thought I don't want to be called overstats because everything was oversight, over, over Over... I don't know. There were so many podcasts starting or starting with over or ending with watch, and I was like, "Come on, there has to be something better." Uh, and because I thought I would make content, I want to. I want to have a better name. So I looked at Oracle's Alexia. Oracle's Alexia is the item in the game that um, where you. Where you can uh, suddenly see invisible things in League of Legends, yeah. uh, it was an it. item. It was yeah. <laughs> an item
0: before it got removed. Yeah,
1: weapon R- pieces. Um, <laughs> but but I thought, okay, this is really cool because like stats also give you insight. They, they you start seeing like invisible things. So I thought, okay, so this is so smart. Actually, when I thought about the name, and I thought there has to be something like that in Overwatch. And I, I thought, okay, just this Winston guy, and he's a scientist, and. That's when I thought, okay, so you can say like stats are kind of science, so you can say it's like Winston's lab, right? Uh, that's when I came up with a name and started a Twitter account and uh, and just bought the bought the URL <laughs> and started tagging people on Twitter so I get recognized.
0: I can only see part of him. So,
1: um, yeah, I don't know. So how the, do you how do you,
0: how do you get everyone else involved? So you you're obviously starting there. You start doing coding. You're starting to do in stats. How do other people start to come into Winston's lab to build it out?
1: Uh, so first of all, it was just this other guy who who provided me with the software. Okay. Um, because I didn't code it myself. I only coded the website and all the stats stuff. Does he get um, a background.
0: name or is he unnameable? Um, if he's unnameable, I'm okay with that too. You don't, rem- he not you don't remember? He's not unnameable. So there were two
1: I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. Okay, there was there was Struck and Struck, um, who actually Struck was the guy who, who knew or like who got in contact with the guy who coded it. So he was like in contact with him because he thought he could make a website. Then he noticed that I already made a website, and they those two approached me. And this other guy was a Russian. I'm so fucking sorry
0: okay this is gonna be the the clip that i'm gonna post up there the oh preview clip is gonna be like oh god
1: i i do obviously oh his his name was Riv. there we go his name was Riv. um i don't know his real name his name his name was Riv, um and he was with patrick who, who's struck who actually has uh who, whose birthday is on the same date as mine actually we found that out later such a such a funny coincidence, um, but but they kind of came into the the whole uh, Winston's Lab thing, and and at some point um, people were reaching out to us and were like, "Can we have this for scrims?" <laughs> and and other people were like, "Can we can we invest in that?" and and it just like came out of nowhere really that people approached us. Wrote emails to our contact email that was like on the website for for funsies. I would DM us on Twitter and, and it like kind of got bigger. So we got like an investment all of a sudden from, from this baseball professional called Trevor May. Um, it just, it, it just coincidentally, from my perspective, it coincidentally just. Happened really that yeah. people got involved more and more. People reached out to me. I, I got, I got to know coaches and analysts, casters, uh, and it was really interesting.
0: So, so was this a company yet?
1: Um, at some point, we founded a company. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I, uh, it must have been like. I don't know if it was no it wasn't twenty sixteen. I think it was like in mid twenty seventeen when we founded the company mm-hmm. called Esports Lab mm-hmm. LLC. Um which Winston's Lab is a part of and the whole vision was to to have this in other games too. That's why it's Esports Lab, not yeah. Winston's Lab. Um, and and yeah, the, then then we got like People involved that did financials for us. So um, since people were asking for scrim shit, we thought that's a valid way to um, make money, and we started providing um, providing stat services for scrims and for, for teams.
0: So so how does that how does that develop with the scene? How does it work? I, like. Uh, were you working with? I know you can't tell which teams, most likely, uh, based on the NDA agreements that I know people give. Um, can you give me a percentage of teams that you were working with? Seeing as we're talking about stats, anyways, like there was there was twelve teams. Can you give me a percentage?
1: Well, early on before before long before the overwatch league happened, we were we were talking to a bunch of um, bunch of North American teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of Winston lab was kind of known in uh, in. Korea, but only really as like this fun stat Okay. Um, so Korean teams weren't involved back then. So we had I don't know how many, but we had a couple of North American teams we worked with, and then Overwatch League started to happen. And out of the twelve teams that out of the twelve teams that were playing in season one, I th- not to say too much, but I think. Almost half of the league at some point uh, I worked with in some capacity. Which is, yeah, funny. That's,
0: that well, I mean, that's, like, a lot of people are like, oh, there's this sproy guy, and he's, this is, like, one of the biggest pickups that people have been talking about. And I think that there's some context that a lot of people who are not involved yes. in the scene do not realize that you are not yeah, yeah. someone who came people, out of the blue.
1: People think, people think Winston didn't make money. You don't realize that our money is not from ads from you going on the website. Our money comes from somewhere else, okay? It's like... Yeah. it's like teams actually paying us for for stat services and providing reports that's what I did back then i I, I coded I coded stuff for stats I wrote statistical reports to help teams scout mm-hmm. I helped a couple of teams scout for overwatch league season one I can't say how much yeah. I, I don't know how much my my opinion was taken into account but I definitely wrote reports for a couple of teams and some of them did really well Mm. Yeah. So, so so even though a lot of people think that Winston's lab was only this public thing, it it was more about the private side. Yeah.
0: So you're mostly doing private work with it, which makes a lot of sense. And also why no one would know about it, to be honest, so they shouldn't really know about it. So feels bad for you guys. Get involved. What can I say? <laughs> uh, so uh you look at Winston's lab and you did that last year, working with mostly the the Overwatch League teams. There's a couple questions I want to ask you about that related towards uh statistics. Um so statistics are a a very interesting concept in gen- just in general when you talk yeah. about statistics people are always like lies damn lies it's statistics and there's a reason for that. Um and a lot of people try to argue that with overwatch the the context means so much for statistics and yes. actually whether or not you get statistics to to matter. I know you can't go into a lot of detail of your your secret recipe, which is understandable. How do you get statistics to have meaning in Overwatch, in a game that is so contextual?
1: So, it is really hard. Um, I know, yeah, it is really hard. You have to, like... Do a lot of abstract things, uh, abstract thinking, and come up with concepts that you you have to. That's what I did. I mean, the, the articles I wrote back when I did public work, basically, when a lot of teams, when I I thought the public side was more important, back in like twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. I wrote a lot of articles about things I thought were important, and I came up with all those new concepts that you couldn't think of, like um, trying to trying to conceptualize. Teams? Is it like uh, what kind of team is it? Is it a team that is carried by DPS, by by supports? Is it uh, like are players considered aggressive or passive? It's something that is kind of abstract. You can't just directly use statistics most of the time because it's like really hard in, in Overwatch. I mean, something I always say is that um, if you just look at the heroes that you can play the the combinations of heroes that's 20 uh, like if you have 26 heroes i don't know how many they are right now but i always said if, if there are 26 heroes you have to consider that you have a possibility of almost 26 to the power of six different combinations of heroes you can play and then the enemy team has the same goddamn uh got um, the potentialities so there's so many possibilities that you can't just take every specific one into account you have to create some abstract concept and that's the only way to really make statistics work I think in Overwatch
0: so you're not just doing statistics you're functionally doing an artificial intelligence because it's not just straight statistics like you were mentioning it earlier but what you described to me especially coming from a psychology i'm like well wow, you're trying to come up with a way of thinking it's not about numbers yes. it is a way of thinking that you can measure yes,
1: yes. and i think I, I think in some ways i kind of I, people people sometimes say that i revolutionized some ways and and how people think about overwatch because just like if you just think about the concept of a fight, of a team fight in Overwatch, is like so important, and there's no one else that came up with like a definition. I I basically am the only one who came up with a definition for that. It's just it's really as you say, it's like a lot of trying to come up with ways to think about the game, think that they are actually the game is divided in team fights and it's mostly about each individual fight um same you can you can think of ways you can think of ways to think about the game as like um or as players being like aggressive or passive and then yeah. use that to get a concept of how teams work and how team dynamics work and which team dynamics are better than others it's just really about thinking of ways to think Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I I really like that 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 is something that I can kind of can get behind. Um, so what made you say you were you were working with Winston's lab? Are you still involved with Winston's lab?
1: I mean, yes, it's my site. Like, well, I, I didn't
0: know how much you're involved now, so that's nah, why. I, I'm is, I'm
1: literally the owner of the site. Uh, well, I wasn't I sure if you're have,
0: exclusive to if if Winston's I, lab is focuses.
1: Well, yeah. I, I'm not the exclusive, exclusive owner anymore. I don't have 100% of the shares yeah. um, because we got investment and in all of that, but I still own the site to some degree. I'm still the, the only guy who works on all the code and stuff. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of, Winston's lab, I, it's like less of a focus now for me.
0: Okay. So what made you decide to go from Winston's lab to joining a, a team? Cause that's a that's a you were working with all the teams and you're like okay I don't want to do this I want to work with one team primarily what was that decision like and why would you make that decision?
1: Yeah, so in in season one teams were already like poking at me and were like trying to figure out if I if I'm up for that. But I thought back then that I would rather work with um, work on an individual freelance basis where I work with teams that come to me and I can work with a lot of different teams to to what i am best at but um i don't know i kind of wanted like a change really i kind of wanted to explore how much i could do if i work with a team individually i also i also since i don't think stats are like the end all be all because it's really hard to use them um i kind of want to wanted to become more of a more of a coach more of a traditional analyst and so i thought that Um, joining a team might be a way to do that really and um, right now I'm in the position that I told everyone on the team that um, my main goal is to become more of a coach this season and have the statistics on the side, I think that's something you can do part time, I don't think that only doing statistics is something you can do full time and I just want to just broaden the skill set that I have
0: Mm -hmm. so you're looking at getting more into coaching how does that work being on an all korean roster because i don't think you speak
1: korean yeah so when first when i when i thought i was still unsure back in back when season two was like or when season one ended if i wanted to do that but so i never actually publicly or privately said and to anyone that i i'm looking for that so i wrote like i actually wrote like a an application to one team that never got back to me but yeah, screw um, that team. yeah screw that team um <laughs> but after that I, I was still unsure but after that i like there were different people that reached out to me and were like actually asking if i am interested in that and this is kind of funny because i never said i was i never said it to anyone that i that i w- would be interested in that so people started reaching out to me and um and actually, I think I got offers from four teams at the end. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm a Korean fanboy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> was that the what made you decide? Hey, I want to choose Toronto Defiant over the other uh, yeah. three.
1: I actually I had a couple of Korean offers to be frankly enough. Uh, I had one offer of a non-full Korean team. But the other three were for Korean teams, funnily enough. But seems the like reason Koreans why no I, I don't
0: know what to tell you.
1: Yeah, I mean the thing is, after a while, after Winston's Lab got big, got really big in Korea, um, and Korean teams started to reach out to for, to us for like scrims and stuff. We had a lot of Korean contenders teams that uh, that purchased Winston's Lab Pro. That's how our product was called. Um, so I was kind of known in um in Korea, I assume, uh, or not I. I was never known Winston's Lab. Yeah. Winston's Lab. no one knows me um but but what made you um, choose the team so so yeah what gotcha, made man. me choose the team is it, I thought that to want to from all the options I had I thought to want to would work best with my skill set um because I I wanted to have a team where I can where i can scout or help scouting um because i think scouting is like the biggest advantage where statistics where statistics help you it's like the it's like the field where statistics are the most valuable Mm -hmm. scouting in general because you can do initial scouting just based on statistics because you can't just look at you can't just look at every contenders player for like four hours and and try to figure out if they are good. You have to just have some initial, um, some initial limitation to that. Uh, so, so you get like a first set of players you want to look at. And this and I also wanted to kind of make it easier for me by working with someone I know. And I knew Bishop for a while. I worked with Bishop before. Um, can't say too much about that, but yeah. uh, but since i since I knew Bishop and he was this kind of friend to me, um, I thought that this was a great opportunity for me to have like a, a relationship with someone someone I, someone I know is in the team um, that I'm friends with, and at the same time, I can use use uh, my skill set to the best of my ability, and then uh learn from whatever comes after that
0: Mm -hmm. awesome so you you get into coaching right you're trying to get into that how does that work being with an all korean roster
1: oh that's funny so uh, everyone speaks korean but me yes that is that is why i asked the question you're the only one who does not we have a we have a chef who speaks korean we have a we have a house manager who speaks Korean. Our GM can a little speak a little bit of Korean, like literally everyone. So, um, mostly how it works. The, the good thing is Bishop speaks English. So, whenever we do coach meetings, um, whenever we do coach meetings, it's either Bishop or our house manager, who is also bilingual, um, who helps me with translations. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes sometimes i'm asked to do presentations on new compositions for example or like on strategies because i'm more of a strategy guy i'm always i always was into strategy and i i like that's why analyst is actually a great name because i like analyzing the game it's not just about statistics i i like trying to figure out what is going on that is basically <laughs> what analysis is and I I always like doing that in in sports as well. In League of Legends, I was really good at that, and so I, I'm more of a strategy guy. So sometimes I'm asked to do like presentations, and uh, and and it's some it's something so that the players get to know me because most of the players don't speak English, right? Yeah. Uh, and so. So, whenever I do a presentation, I I talk about it with Bishop before so he can like immediately translate what I say. Uh, and I'm basically just standing there speaking English for, for like no one or like the two or three people that kind of, kind of understand what I'm saying. And then Bishop just translates it into Korean, but it's just something, um, for players to respect me because Mm -hmm. that, that is kind of important in like a Korean team.
0: So are you looking to learn more? Uh, do you want to learn to speak Korean? Do you want to eventually get to where you are? Is that your ideal is to only work with Korean teams? Or do you want to look at maybe in the future? Okay, first of all, I will say anybody who wants to poach Broy, I can tell you the secret. It is it is easy. It's not as hard as you <laughs> All you need is you need a penguin zoo and a panda zoo. And you need to promise that you will take him there on a, a weekly <laughs> or a daily basis. And you've got him. Yeah, it's not about I, money. It's about pandas <laughs> and penguins.
1: I gotta say, you're not too far off there. Um, I know. <laughs> people, that's bro. pretty. That's pretty accurate. I. I. It is. It is pretty accurate. This This panda shirt I have it was given to me by our GM, Bishop. Bishop just like bought me panda plushies. Uh, not plushies. Like slippers. Yeah. So, yeah. Like that's really all you have to do. But um, to to get to the original question. Um, I, I was always into the Korean scene. Obviously, I, I always like Korea. The first esports event I ever attended was in Seoul. <laughs> I, this says a lot, I think. Uh, this was the first time I ever traveled myself outside of Germany. And I went to Seoul to watch an esports game. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that sounds so weird, but yeah, that's, that, that's just. That's just how much I am into uh, into Korea, and I I would like I, I never thought that I would be able to because people in League of Legends there are no Korean teams with Westerners on it. I'm I'm the first I think I'm like more or less the first person. You
0: beat you beat LS Last Shadow would have been the only person he's working with. uh, uh barbecue yeah. Oliver's now, but you you beat him. True. You were hired before him, I think.
1: So. Yeah, so I I might have been like the well, one of the first, at the very least to. To be hired for uh, a Korean team who doesn't speak Korean, and this is like so amazing to me because again, I'm always I was always in the Korean scene, and I really now I really want to learn Korean. The thing is, back in university, um, I actually I actually started to learn Japanese, and back then I was like, oh, I could learn Korean or Japanese, but, but Korean is like the thing that's esports, and Japanese is like anime and Japan and shit, uh, and I was like. Uh, I probably won't ever be in sports anyway, so I'll just start learning Japanese. So I can actually speak basic to intermediate Japanese. I can hold like conversations and all of that in Japanese and I wish I would have done that for Korean actually. Because right now I'm I yeah, I just wish I could I could speak the Korean or as much Korean as I can speak Japanese. Um I'm I'm really trying to learn it so advantages that japanese and korean are like kind of close so um there are a lot of words that are similar the grammar is totally similar and i'm trying to get better at it but uh there's really not much time to be honest to learn korean unfortunately because it's yeah we spend a lot of time just coaching
0: so i only have a couple questions for you left we've been here a long time which is good i like i like our conversations so uh we've come to pretty much a conclusion of who you are. like, if, if I feel like if people watch this, they're going to get a good idea of who you are uh, as a person. So one of my last questions that I always like to ask people is, if you having experienced this, this being my show, and the excitement yeah. and fun it is, if you could pick anyone to be on this show, whether or not they are a, a coach or an analyst or someone who's behind the scenes, a caster, doesn't matter. Um, the only requirement is that I only speak English because I am an American club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they need to be able to speak English. Uh, so I'm sorry if you pick someone that speaks Korean who does not sure, speak English because sure. I'm out of luck. Um, but if you could pick anyone, who would you pick?
1: So I feel like this show is like really unique because um, because it's, it's a lot about not, not just esports, but like really the background like the, the most basic background like as far as as it goes and i would i would probably want to have someone who i'm like really interested in as a person like what kind of person is that? Uh, like is is he what I, kind of a person was he like how developed he how did he or she develop um over the years how did esports come to be and yeah, let me think about that. That's a that's a good question.
0: People say that is the hardest question they've been asked. Yeah, like, like we we talked about some really really deep stuff, and that is the hardest question. I'm just like, dude.
1: <laughs> so it it really is a hard question you gotta give um, me it would probably be someone um it would probably be an be a caster. And I'm thinking about the options right now. Uh because casters are obviously in the spotlight and for me I would like to know what kind of people they are. Mm-hmm. Um You also don't because, have to
0: stick to Overwatch, by the way. You can sure, sure.
1: so. Um Sure. So I'm just I'm just thinking that uh Maybe, maybe is there like two people I'm I'm kind of interested in that I would like to know more about uh, just generally, and one of them would be would be Thorin probably, mm-hmm. but um, because because I feel like he in his past he he was a completely different person, and all of this esports thing uh kind of changed him, or he changed with it. Uh, which is like really interesting to me, just mm-hmm. the whole development. And another person, just because he was like, for me, he was in the spotlight for for like ever uh, when it came to esports, is Monte Cristo. Because back in League of, again, I only watched Korea in League of Legends. So the first esports event was one with Monte Cristo. I actually got to meet Monte Cristo in person. He knows who I am now, which is like, kind of kind of crazy to me it was the, crazy for me too when when i yeah, got to meet him and, kind of yeah. crazy to the me of like four years ago at at the very least um yeah. that, that i actually that i actually know this person and he, he he like um shouted me out on twitter even when i got picked up for toronto which is like it's like really cool and i i think i would like to know um more about more about him as well um just yeah, I mean the the social you know how it goes like what kind of a person um he is like uh the whole background and how he kind of developed to being who he is yeah
0: OK, I like those. I like both of those names. So I, I'm not, not that I would dislike anyone you would say, but sure. uh, I think that that's that's a that's a pretty good point um, for the show. I think that's a really good ending. I, I like some of the stuff we talk about. So I want to thank you so much Brian, for being on the show. I really appreciate thank it. You. Um uh, it was you, a
1: great experience, really. I,
0: I, I enjoy this. This is what I this is my fun for the 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 week. Uh except for video editing. I hate video editing. So if <laughs> anyone wants to uh offer video editing services for someone who does not currently have a lot of money, well hit me up. Um but I wanna thank you so much for being on the show. Um i I don't normally do shout outs, but if you want to shout out some people, you're more than welcome to.
1: Well, I I just want to shout out you really, because like something something that I think I changed us, as a person is that esports changed me really in the way that i again i was like really introverted back back when but nowadays i can i feel like i can just talk to strangers like a normal person or maybe maybe like an uh, even like a little bit of an extroverted person i'm not shy anymore uh and just like rambling like that is like really fun to me nowadays and uh just going over all of this stuff that's like kind of back in the head back here you know it's really fun so thank you for doing that really
0: awesome well ladies and gentlemen this has been deep dives into the minds of esports and until next time have a great day
1: uh...